Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of Let's Ride. Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check it out. If you if you like reading about the Steelers, learning about the Steelers, and understanding more about the game of football, I have to be honest, Behind the Steel Curtain, it kind of is your one-stop shop. And also, the podcast platform, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Google Play, Spotify, you name it, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do. And I had someone message me on Twitter the other day, and they said, Jeff, is there anything we can do? We love the show. What can we do to help? Easy. It costs nothing. Go to If you're an iTunes, Apple Podcast user, go to our page. And give us a five-star rating if you enjoy the content. If you don't like the content, then don't give us a five-star rating. But ultimately, if you can also leave a good comment, that's always welcome, even if it is these guys rock. I love the Steelers. These guys do a great job. Hashtag ride or die crew. Anything like that is very beneficial to keeping us in that number one spot when you search Steelers in terms of podcasts. So I can't stress enough and thank you enough for all those that have already gone because I have noticed a lot of new comments and a lot of new ratings there on Apple Podcasts. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. couple news and notes here to talk about before we get into the crux of the podcast. First and foremost, I have to issue an apology on behalf of my other half, co-editor Dave Schofield of Behind the Steel Curtain. Yesterday, Dave did a great job with his Steeler Stat Geek podcast. If you have not listened to it, you need to. 
And at the very end of the show, he answered some silly question from Michael Beck, and it was about numbers and the jersey numbers of players, the most used and least used jersey numbers in, in Steelers history. And Dave made a little mistake. At the very end of the show, he said that Mike Webster wore number 58. He didn't. He wore 52. Jack Lambert wore 58. Anyone with a brain and anyone that's a Steelers fan that's been a fan for more than a few minutes knows that. It was a mistake. Dave was pretty ticked off about it. And so I said, you know what, Dave? I know you don't have a show till next Thursday, but I'll say something on Let's Ride and give you, hey, he made a mistake. I've made mistakes on this show multiple times. For crying out loud, if people took track of how many mistakes I've made on my show, well, my gosh, it would be a long notebook. We'll put it that way. So I just wanted to throw that out there that he made a simple mistake. He, he felt horrible about it, and I'm sure he'll talk about it on Thursday or on the Steelers preview Thursday Night Live on YouTube. But still, at the time of this being recorded, I want to make sure I mention that for him. Also, we have a contest reminder. We are giving away some free swag. That's a free T-shirt or a hoodie. Some of these hoodies that we partnered with Breaking Tea they're not cheap, by the way. And and if you've ever looked at their apparel line, if you want a free hooded sweatshirt or a free t-shirt, all you have to do is next week, next week, starting on Monday with my Let's Ride podcast, I am going to deliver a clue at some point in the show. Now, you're going to have to listen to three Let's Rides, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're going to have to listen to the live mic with our deputy editor, editor Michael Beck, on Tuesday. You're going to have to listen to the Stat Geek on Thursday. At some point during all of those shows, you're going to get a clue. And you have to take those clues, you have to put them all together. And when you put them all together, you got to figure it out. Well, what are they what are they referencing? What are they talking about? I have to figure out piece this puzzle together and if you can do that, you win. The first person to do that wins. And I'll have more of this outlined in an article that's going to run on Sunday at some point on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so you can check that out. You can also find it on my Twitter feed if you want to follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. So the Steelers have a lot of events coming up. Coming up in next week, actually Monday, May 25th to May 27th, and then June 1st to June 3rd and June 7th to June 10th is the next phase of organized team activities, also known as OTAs. And then after that is mandatory minicamp, which is June 15th to June 17th. And so this is one of those situations where there's going to be some news. There's actually going to be some news. The media are going to get to see the players on the field. Yes, they're not going to be wearing pads. It's going to be football and shirts and shorts. I don't care. It's football, and we're going to talk about it, and I'm excited for it. But after that, after that June 17th day is done and and the players have finished mandatory minicamp, they go bye-bye for probably about a little over a month, and then we have nothing. We have nothing. So it's going to be worthwhile to get everything out and get all that news covered during that time. But what I wanted to talk about on today's episode, I wanted to talk about training camp battles. Training camp battles. I want to evaluate the most important 2021 training camp battles. That's really, really important. I love talking about this stuff. I love training camp. I've already talked about why fans should be excited for the preseason. I stand by all of those words. So I want to define what a camp battle is, though, because some people think the training camp battles can only exist between players that are going to be potential starters. Those are the most talked about. Like Think back to 2020. The big camp battle was Zach Banner or Chooks Okorafor at right tackle. 
We all knew that Alejandro Villanueva was going to be the left tackle, but who was going to be right? Zach Banner wins that job in week one. He goes down with a torn ACL. We all know how that ends up. Camp battles do not have to just be for starting positions, in my opinion. And so what I want to do in this episode is I want to break down some of these important camp battles. And I want you to think to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, what would I, who's going to win it in your opinion? Maybe you think differently than I do, and that's fine. That's fine, but we're talking about it. We're hashing it out as we go. I think the, the most important position to start with, when I think about all the positions, that there could be some form of competition at some, at some point, it's center. I, I, I know there's other battles. We're going to talk about them, but I think the center is the most important battle the Steelers have coming into this upcoming preseason. So we all know that B.J. Finney was brought back after his stint with Seattle and Cincinnati last season. J.C. Hassenauer was retained. Those two, I guess you would call them, are incumbents. And then you have Kendrick Green, third-round draft pick out of Illinois. If you didn't read the article I wrote based on Adrian Clem's comments, who's the offensive line coach, on Green, and even though he lacks experience at center, they are bound and determined to give this kid a shot to win this job. You can just see it in the comments and then all the reports from Rookie Minicamp and then the way that Kendrick Green is talking, he is ready to give, give it his all to see if he can win this job. So when you think about this specific battle, how important is it? It's paramount. There's none bigger in my opinion. Because if, if you have a center, let's say Kendrick Green wins the job. I'm not saying that's my prediction, but let's say Kendrick Green wins the job at center. Think about if his play matches that. So he he doesn't just play, he plays well. Think back to when Marquise Pouncey was drafted. He didn't just play, he played well. And that was the Steelers team that went to Super Bowl 45. Marquise Pouncey wasn't able to play because of an ankle injury. But still, if, if Kendrick Green plays and plays well, the Steelers would have found that they have their next center for the next probably 10 years. That's pretty significant for a long time. But also, on top of that, you look at Kendrick Green, J.C. Hassenauer, and B.J. Finney. We've seen what Hassenauer and Finney can do at center. Hassenauer played some last season. Finney has had plenty of repetitions at center when he was with the Steelers before he left via free agency last year. Kendrick Green is the only unknown in this battle. He's the only unknown. How do I think this is going to play out? I think that B.J. Finney is going to come into camp as the starter, and it's going to be up to Kendrick Green to prove through practices and through preseason that he is the starter. He's going to have to go into this preseason and put out a performance, or performances, I should say, on tape that scream, I'm your best bet at getting the job done, both in the running game and pass protection, However, I just don't see it. And we did this article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And the way we're doing it, I think, is a lot of fun. I'm giving my prediction. Dave's giving his prediction. And Dave says that he thinks Kendrick Green's going to win it outright. I hope he's right. But I said that I could see B.J. Finney starting the season at center. And then slowly, Green moves in and eventually becomes a starter by, ah, I don't know, weeks. We'll say by the bye week, which is in week seven. So we'll see how that pay, plays out. That gets a, Oh, my gosh, that's a very important camp battle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another position battle that is very important to the Steelers would be cornerback. And I took to Twitter, and I just asked people, hey, what camp battles are you excited for this year? 
Every, a lot of people said center. And a lot of people said this cornerback role. But this cornerback role, ah, we, we wrote this article as well for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And the, the one on Friday today that's going to run is a running back. We're going to talk about in a second. But we've already done center and cornerback. It was really difficult for me to write this article because no one knows how the Steelers are going to use Cam Sutton. We know Joe Hayden is a starter on the outside. We know Cam Sutton is going to play a lot. They gave him a contract for a reason. He's staying in Pittsburgh for a reason. But there's a lot of people that think that Cam Sutton, even though he was paid, is going to be moved into his usual role in terms of nickel and or dime defensive back. Now, I'm not saying I agree with that, but there's a lot of people that say because of the depth that the Steelers have or don't have, or maybe the Cam Sutton's not necessarily known to be playing outside on the outside of the, the perimeter of the, the defense, mind you, that he's going to be there permanently. So it, I can't, I just can't think about it. People have said it's happened with William Gay before and to Shea Townsend. I just, maybe it's, I don't remember that so much. I'm not sure, but I just can't see a world where they take Cam Sutton. If he's there every down outside cornerback opposite Joe Hayden and say, Oh, yeah, okay, we're going to put our dime package in. I want you to be the dime backer. It, could it happen? Yes. But do I see it happening? I, I just don't. I think he's going to be there, Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson never flexed inside, rarely ever. So if they have to, I think they keep him outside. But okay, let's say that they do keep him outside. Who gets the nickel roll? Who fills Mike Hilton's spot? You have players like Shakur Brown, undrafted free agent uh, cornerback out of uh, Michigan State. You have Arthur Millette, who was the free agent pickup from the New York Jets. He played both safety and cornerback. We have today Jeffrey Benedict putting out an Arthur Millette film room, and he is really high on the potential of Millette filling in in that same exact Mike Hilton role. So keep that in mind. Justin Lane, I guess you put him there just because it's his third year in the league, because he was a third down, a third round draft pick. James Pierre is another one. I just don't think that Lane, Lane especially, I don't think Justin Lane is a player that can play on the inside. I think he's purely an outside cornerback, and that's in and of itself is debatable if he can do that either. But I don't, I'm going to put Justin Lane here just because of the fact that he's another cornerback on the roster I do think is going to make the team. And James Pierre, I think he's a viable option. So if you look at that nickel roll, who fills that Mike Hilton spot? I think that Millette is going to be a really strong candidate. James Pierre is a really strong candidate. And Shakur Brown is a really strong candidate as well. But I think Millette and Pierre, Pierre being the leader in the clubhouse, to use a golf term, Millette will have a chance to prove himself. I think Shakur Brown could, but he has an uphill battle, folks. He was undrafted, and it's not going to be easy for an undrafted player to come in and beat players that have NFL experience. It's just not. So the nickel roll, that's a battle to watch for sure. But now let's talk about the outside. What if on the outside chance the Steelers decide to do exactly what I talked about earlier, and that is, well, we're going to take Cam Sutton and we're going to move him inside in certain sub packages. So that means that they have to then take someone and put them on the outside. They did this last season when Mike Hilton got hurt. They moved and they went to dime. Steven Nelson did move inside, and they put Justin Lane on the outside. They had to continue to do this with injuries, but it was at the end of the season when it was Pierre 
not Lane, who was on the outside. And when you look at it in that that instance, you're saying who's going to win the job this upcoming season. If they do this on defense, this would be more of a debate of who's the number three cornerback on the outside. That, I guess that is a very it's a much easier way for me to explain this. And I think that it right now, the leader in the clubhouse is Pierre. Absolutely is Pierre. Justin Lane has the pedigree. He has the, you know, you think about being a third-round draft pick. He's coming from Michigan State. Um, he's been given every opportunity. He's had some off-the-field issues this offseason. He got arrested for speeding, had a, a handgun or a, a weapon under his in his possession. Justin Lane has a lot of stuff going for him, and he also has a lot going against him. I think that unless Pierre comes into camp and doesn't pan out, I think that he's the guy that has that job, the number three cornerback. I absolutely think he is the, the, the player that has that job. In this cornerback room, yes, we're talking about this, and you're probably thinking, man, this just seems bad. Like, it just sounds it sounds awful, Jeff. It sounds like we need to be worried about our cornerbacks. I disagree. I really do disagree. I said this on my Wednesday podcast, which was my live Let's Ride, which I go on the, on the air Tuesday nights on the Locker Room app. If you're an iOS user, download the Locker Room app and listen. I'd love to talk to you on Tuesday nights, but still – I'm thinking about this, and I don't think the cornerback situation is that bad. I like the addition of Millett the more I look about, think about it. I love Pierre. I think Justin Lane still has potential. And if Shakur Brown is everything that people say he is, because I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know. I don't know. I don't know much about these undrafted players. You kidding me? I don't even like college football that much. So, But if he can come in and play out and play well and show out, then my gosh, he's going to have a role on this team. Absolutely. I always go back to Mike Hilton undrafted player, just given a shot. Hey, here's a reserve contract. Good luck. Turns it into a spot. It was to the point where media were saying there's no way they can't have him on the field. He's everywhere. And people laughed at that. People said, this guy, you telling me he's going to beat out drafted players? He, it's exactly what he did. So I'm not downplaying Shakur Brown, but I think that this is a really solid room. So when you have people like Michael Beck, who is screaming from the mountaintops, they need to sign a cornerback. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. If they do, it'll be a Ross Cockrell situation where they wait till someone's cut and they pick them up right before the season starts. All right, so we have some more camp battles to go over, and we also have a heart-to-heart -heart that's really special to me. I hope you stick around. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, here on this Friday podcast. I hope that you are having a fantastic day. Oh my gosh, we've been talking about camp battles, and it's a lot of fun because it kind of 
kind of gets you salivating for football, you know what I mean? It gets you thinking about the game itself. It gets you thinking about that late summer going to St. Vincent College, which we're not sure if they're going to do that yet. We're not sure if the Steelers are going to go back to Latrobe. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen uh, with the Steelers and their training camp plans. I know that Art Rooney II came out and said if the Steelers can't have fans there, there's, they're probably not going to go. The reason they go to, to St. Vincent is not just because of the camaraderie of having, you know, other, um, you know, being in the dorms and, and all that stuff. It's more along the lines of the fans get to be there. It's an experience for them. Sometimes it's people that can't get to Heinz Field. They can still go and look for, uh, you know, some way to see the Steelers. So we've been talking about camp battles. We talked about center. We talked about cornerback. And those are probably the two biggest camp battles in, in differing positions, uh, especially cornerback when you think about nickel and outside. There's some others to keep an eye on as well. Most of these are not as significant as the previous two, but are still worth talking about. The first is running back. No, now we're not talking about is someone going to unseat Najee Harris. No, that's not going to happen. Najee Harris is the Steelers running back. For sure, he's the guy, okay? He's the guy, and the question is, and the only question surrounding Najee Harris is how are the Steelers planning to utilize him when they get into this season? Are they going to have him be their bell cow back from the moment he steps onto the field, or are they going to ease him into it? I don't know the answer to that question. I am going to give you two scenarios similar to what I did with cornerback, and we'll talk about both of those. So let's say the Steelers, they take their prized rookie running back. We know that Mike Tomlin does not like running back by committee. He never has, never will. The closest that he did was back when Jonathan Dwyer was the running back, which they were awful at running the football that year anyways. So still, how do they handle Najee Harris? If they come out and he's the guy, three down back, never leaves the field unless he's winded, then I think then – if you're looking at stock up, stock down, the Benny Snell versus Anthony McFarland, Anthony McFarland's stock is way up. Benny Snell's stock is way down. Because I think that if you're going to use Najee Harris repeatedly and you're going to throw everything at him early in his career, then you only need a change of pace back. Benny Snell will be used. He's going to make the team. But he's only going to be used if Najee Harris needs a break, if he needs a rest. And so it's one of those situations where you're thinking, okay, what are they going to use Snell for if they're using Najee Harris every single down? He's okay. He needs a breather. Benny goes in there. I don't think that he would be a a goal line back or a short yardage back. That didn't work last season. Why would it work now? Not to mention Najee Harris is a great short yardage back. Anthony McFarland's stock goes up because he's a guy that is a change of pace back. He's a player that you can do different things with, especially in Matt Canada's offense in terms of catching the football, moving him around, uh, giving him, getting him in space, the speed that no one else in that running back room has, Anthony McFarlane would be used more. However, in the running back's conversation, if they decide to ease Harris into the role, then Benny Snell is going to be used more frequently early. It might look a lot like what they did with James Conner and Snell last season where they would give him a whole series, see how they go. The next series, someone else would go. And I would be fine with that approach. I really would because I think that you have to think about Najee Harris long-term, both in this season and in his future. You don't want to have to run the wheels off of this kid early in his career. 
if you think back to Le'Veon Bell's rookie season, you really can't compare it because Bell was having a foot injury, and he had to miss the first, I think, three weeks of that season anyways because of that foot injury that happened in training camp. So I think that if the Steelers are going to lean on Najee Harris early as a three-down back, then that means that it's Anthony McFarland who will see more snaps and a more significant role. However, if it's the other way around, they ease Harris into it, then that means that I think that Snell will have a bigger role. As for the other running backs, you think about, you know, Callan Ballage, Ballage, however you say his name, Jalen Samuels, if you want to throw Edmonds in there. I think that it's going to be a battle just for one of those players to make the team. I think Najee Harris makes the team. That's a no-brainer. Uh, Benny Snell, I still think he's a no-brainer to make the team. So is Anthony McFarland, and they're only going to get – I think they keep four running backs. The question is, who will that be? Running back will be a really interesting position to watch this preseason for a lot of reasons. Let's also not forget we all want to see what Najee Harris can do in the NFL. You know, We're assuming he's going to come in and just be able to play. Maybe he struggles a little bit. We'll see. The defensive line, there's no question about the starters along the defensive line. Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Tyson Alulu, that that's legit. That's one of the best defensive lines in terms of a 3-4 front that you can have in those three players. I mean, you have Cam Hayward, who's an all-pro, pro bowler. Stephon Tuitt's coming off a double-digit sack season. Tyson Alulu is so versatile on the defensive front. But there's a lot of questions behind those players. And there's one player who threw a giant wrench into the plans, and that is Isaiah Loudermilk. When the Steelers in this 2021 NFL draft decided to trade a fourth-round 2022 pick to the Miami Dolphins to go back into the fifth round and they draft this kid, Isaiah Loudermilk, out of Wisconsin, all of a sudden you're thinking, how does this guy fit into the Steelers' plans in their depth chart? Well, no one with a, with, a, with a brain in between their ears says, well, Loudermilk might fight for playing time. No, I don't think he will. I do think that his spot is extremely safe on this roster. I'll tell you that right now. But I don't think Loudermilk's going to be pressing for any playing time this season unless there's an injury. And that's because the depth that the Steelers have on along the defensive line. We're talking about uh, Carlos Davis. We're talking about Isaiah Bugs. We're talking about Henry Mondeau. Those players are the ones that should be threatened by Loudermilk, not any of the, the starters. It's, it's not even, it's a moot point. So Isaiah Bugs, Carlos Davis, and Henry Mondo, all three played last season. One of them's going to go. Maybe even two are going to go. Loudermilk's safe. You just, if, if the Steelers were to cut Isaiah Loudermilk, just think about this for a second. If the Steelers were to cut Isaiah Loudermilk after they traded future draft capital to move up and to get this guy in the fifth round, it would be such an embarrassment for the organization. So I, I think his job is safe. So who who gets cut here? Who wins this job? Isaiah Bugs, he from Alabama. I think he's a sixth round pick. Carlos Davis from Nebraska, seventh round pick. Henry Mondo was undrafted. I think Mondo's the odd man out here, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Bugs, if you remember at the end of last season, he was he was inactive when healthy at times at the end of the season. It was Carlos Davis, the rookie, who was playing over him. So depth, again, camp battles. The definition that I gave was that not all camp battles are for starting jobs. This is for depth. This is for a roster spot, and this is a position the players should be watching, fans should be watching. It's going to be a tough one. But I think the most... 
But when I asked on Twitter, for sure, this definitely happened. When I said, okay, what training camp battles are you looking for? The camp battle that got the most discussion, that, that literally was – everyone was like, Jeff, this is the camp battle. It, 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 hey, someone said it on Twitter. I wish I'd give him credit for it. Uh, I think it was uh, Jeffrey Coons maybe. Jeff Coons said there is no camp battle between Presley Harvin Third and – Jordan Berry. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Everyone's talking about the punters. Presley Harvin versus the weasel boy, Jordan Berry. This is a a camp battle that I am obviously extremely excited about. I would love nothing more than Jordan Berry to be gone and to have fine. Hey, if you want to play somewhere else in the NFL, if you can find a job, good luck. I want to reference everyone that hasn't read it yet. If you like reading just interesting stuff that's different, you need to find, if you go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, scroll down, you'll see a section that says Steelers Film Room. Click on that, and then go through and find the Film Room article that was written by Kevin Smith, Cliff Harris is still a punk, and it was about Presley Harvin III. But it was also about Jordan Berry. When you read the article, it talks about Jordan Berry's struggles his inconsistency, and it just really highlighted every reason why the Steelers didn't just pick uh, a Presley Harvin, but they took him and it took a draft pick to, to get him. No, it wasn't Daniel Sepulveda who they drafted, I think, in the fourth round. But this was a player that they said we have a need at this position, and so a lot of people, myself including, are really hoping that Presley Harvin comes into camp and beats out Jordan Berry and is the Steelers punter for a really long time. Then again, if you've also been around enough, you know that Jordan Berry's not easy to get rid of. They've been trying for a while. Last season, we thought we had him gone. Dustin Colquitt, he's in. Jordan Berry's out. and there, there was rejoicing everywhere amongst Steeler Nation. And the weasel finds his way back. He always does. <laughs> I swear one of these days I'm going to get a tweet or a – I don't know if Jared Jordan Berry has a Twitter. If he does, I'm going to get a, a, a direct message saying, like, who are you to hate me so much? I don't know. I don't hate the man. Just not a fan of him as a player. All right, let's get to this heart-to-heart to finish out the show. There was the other day, now those that know me personally know this, but those that might not know me personally just from this show know uh, that I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. I'm a big parrot head. I've been listening to Jimmy Buffett for a really long time, and uh, I've seen him in concert a whole bunch. Uh, and there's a song off the Far Side of the World album. It's called Someday I Will. And I love that song. It's great. And it's it's not fast-paced. It's not anything like that. It's not Cheeseburger in Paradise, for those that don't know Jimmy Buffett's music. He does more than just that in Margaritaville. Uh, and there's it talks about you know things that Jimmy Buffett has seen that he wanted to eventually do, like play the guitar, learn to fly a plane, boats, stuff like that. And I've always thought about that as like my bucket list song. And, and the, the chorus and the hook of that song is Someday I Will. <clears throat> I see a flying boat, meaning he's talking about the the albatross plane boats that he actually owns several of and flies. He said, someday I will, meaning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own one of those someday, and I'm going to learn how to fly it. And people always ask me, like, what are things on your bucket list? And I have several. And one of those things that I always wanted to do for probably the last decade plus was I wanted to have a voice in the the sports realm, i.e. the Steelers, and I wanted to have a successful show. And that was on my bucket list. And I can honestly say, and I want to say a big thank you to my ride or die crew out there, that you all have made that happen. 
you've made it possible. Whether it's interacting with fans on Twitter, whether it's getting really kind emails, whether it's, you know, people just reaching out and saying, we really love your show. I mean, the fact that I've had people tell me about their family members that are going to be cancer free in a little bit, whether it's people that reach out to me on Instagram, on my personal account that are saying, oh my gosh, like you have, we have a new ride or die crew member. My daughter's going to be born on Friday. I hope, I hope y'all understand. Like, I don't take that lightly. Like that means the world to me. And so I can look back now and I'm not going anywhere, by the way, (laughs) I'm not leaving, but I can look back now and say, I can check that off my bucket list. I've done it. I have a really successful show. I have a voice in this space, a voice that people love to listen to. That um, I, I've had people tell me that after a game, they want to hear what I think more than they do, like Steelers Nation Radio or the Post Gazette or the Tribune Review. I can't tell you what that means to me. I, I, words don't give it, don't do it justice, not at all. And so for that, my heart to heart is you all have helped me check something off my bucket list. And that's tremendous. And I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. You all are the best. You're the most loyal fan base out there. No doubt about it. Even in these dog days of summer that are coming up, I know that I'll have my ride or die crew right there with me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. No doubt about it. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right, folks, that does it. Next week, we do the contest. We'll have some news to talk about. Obviously, probably on Wednesday, we'll have some news to talk about with uh, OTAs. We'll see who's there, who's not. Veterans, are they going to show up? Are they not? We'll see. Otherwise, I hope you all have a great weekend. Hope you have some great plans. Hope the weather is going to be accommodating wherever you are. As we always finish it up, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday. Take it easy. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.